0: Welcome to another episode of Squawking Dead. We're talking about this week's episode of The Walking Dead titled Dead or Alive or... Or what, Scott M. Gimple? Or what, (laughs) Bobby Kirkman? Or what, Gregory Nicotero? Oh, by the way, great work with the Toadstool and Swamp Walkers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like the showrunners are really trying to challenge themselves with this episode. Let's see if the viewing audience can tell that we've created our own version of not one, but two, count them, two rebooted episodes of The Odd Couple, all in the (laughs) same episode. You've got the pragmatic Dr. Carson and the -the pie-in-the-sky father, Gabriel, plus the walking wounded Dwight and his lovely murdering roommate, Tara. (sighs) Just for kicks, they threw in an almost lost Morgan and a what in the world do you think in teaching a kid that murdering people isn't gonna screw you up, Carol? At the end of the day, the only dynamic duo that matters to me is the one where I'm the Robin to her Batman, the Louise to her Thelma, the Jack Lugman to her Tony Randall. You know the woman of whom I speak, Carol. (laughs) Your intros get better and better every week.
1: I'm so touched.
0: Even I'm laughing.
1: (laughs) I can't even. That was actually really good.
0: (laughs) Um, There's, you know, to keep the funny going, I need to go back to two weeks ago. Yes. I, I had meant to mention this in, in the episode, but I didn't really quite get to it. Walk back to the Carl fantasy of them in the garden in Alexandria and all that stuff. And and the scene with oh, Cooper Andrews. Now I don't know, know his name in the show. Oh, <laughs> this is yeah. how much I love him actually. Jerry. Jer- of course, Jerry. Of course, Jerry Cooper Andrews, I love you. How he explains how he came there and you've got that butternut squash pie thing. And then like he says, how can I resist Sadiq? And then my alarm started ringing. I'm like, oh my God, is Jerry gay? And is Sadiq oh, gay? You know,
1: I had not thought about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I not. Like
0: my shipping like sensors were just tingling. Oh
1: my gosh, that is so interesting. <laughs> I mean, many people would be very heartbroken over that. Especially for Jerry. I'm like
0: overjoyed. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder. That would be, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll elaborate, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe not. I'm kind of enjoying it the way it is right now. (laughs) Like some people are, I I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one who who thinks this, but, but that maybe Daryl is gay as well.
1: It's, I, yeah, I mean, Daryl is asexual. They do not give him anything whatsoever. So I'm kind of hoping that next season, like I told you before, I'm hoping that they'll give some of what would have been potentially Carl's storyline, potential love interest, and give it to Daryl so that Daryl has something. I mean, everybody on this show has gotten something in terms of a love interest. Everybody, like if you think We got
0: to clean this up somehow. (laughs)
1: Everybody's gotten something. How is it that even like, Sasha, Abraham, Rosita, Enid, Aaron. All of these characters have had some semblances of love interest. Daryl, nothing,
0: nothing. Even Amanda and The Governor.
1: Yeah, he's an original
0: cast member
1: and he has gotten nothing in eight seasons. I'm like, how is that possible? And I say it all the time. I'm like, he needs something to give him more depth also because Daryl typically grunts, snorts, does some cool action thing. That's about it. Like he did. They don't give him all that much
0: to work to work with. And and on this episode, he yells at people. He did. He yelled
1: at Tara, which (laughs) I am kind of happy with because I'm reaching my limit with Tara. My patience is just very much waning with her. Yes, I get it. He shot your girlfriend, Dr. Denise, but they were together for like 15 minutes. It wasn't even for like that long. If we're really going to get nitpicky about it and I heard it be like, oh, Dwight was on, you know, Negan's side and like, I don't care if he's helping us now, whatever. Tara was on the governor's side originally and then she came over to the other side via Glenn. So it's like, dude, the whole way that you were introduced was via the governor. You were in cahoots with them. I mean, yeah, you didn't know how much of a psychopath he was. You were in that group. Until eventually, you know, you were embraced and brought into the fold because Glenn is such a wonderful, well was R.I.P. Glenn. Such a wonderful <laughs> sweethearted kind a man. Come on, dude. You're with the governor. You have no you have no place to throw stones, personally.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you know what you know what it is? You may be onto something. It's that the things you hate in others are things you actually hate in yourself. True. So maybe that's part of it.
1: That's a good point. It's very possible. And in reality, Dwight has done far more to kind of help their cause than Tara ever did. Tara was just kind of like basically alone and Glenn kind of like opened his arms and let her in. But Dwight has actively tried to make it very clear. I am not for this. I don't stand by this. This is not what what I want. So I will do everything that I can to help you because I don't believe in this.
0: so uh, and not only that it's like it's like he's capable he has like clear skills and leadership Mm -hmm. skills and all that yeah and and tara has had to kind of really have make a go of it and really try to build herself up definitely and wasn't she a cop too like wasn't she an officer i think you
1: might be right i think so i forgot about that but i think you are right And, Mm -hmm.
0: and i don't know how far she got i know i know they talked about it on the show and obviously this is like what five four or five seasons ago but yeah i mean oh. i know i know they went into it i know she was applying I, I don't know how far she but like to think about like how not useless that's just a mean thing to say but how i mean yeah that really doesn't really prepare her for the you no. know post-apocalypse no
1: she's not the most martial yeah. of characters
0: right right just saying it's funny how i didn't even think we'd get into tara you know at all like her personality and where she came from but okay. and we have before but going into some of the you know, her background again mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting but yeah the psychology too you know the thing you hate in yourself is the things you hate you hate more in others but then also her inability to let this go too yeah
1: yeah that's my thing
0: is it more about her than it is about denise you
1: think i think so i think it's more about her than denise at this point because i'm just like oh my god man like when are you gonna just give it a rest already she's just keep going with it going with it and everybody keeps telling her this is not the time you know we have to kind of stay the course and meanwhile she's just insistent on it i'm just like why are you being so stubborn about this i don't understand
0: oh. yeah i don't i don't get it we can walk through exactly what happened but it was the it was like three it was almost like three strikes right yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: What was it? So the first one was the burnt walker, the toasty walker, which I was actually very impressed with. Showed on the screen for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, came out of nowhere. She threw it on Dwight.
1: Yeah, which was so like. I mean, it was so childish. I'm sorry. This is so. uh, It just irritated me. I'm like, why are you doing that? Why? Like, what purpose does that serve? Now it's like Like, he
0: got it. (sighs) They could have made that a little bit more funny though, too. Instead, it just came off as really disturbing.
1: Yeah, it was disturbing. This episode made me sad.
0: I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were moments, but yeah, this this portion of the episode was, was probably meant to make you a little bit mad.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that definitely was the point for sure.
0: <laughs> for sure. What was the second thing? Uh, unless there was only two things. I, I'm, I'm trying well, to recall right now.
1: She threw the walker on
0: him. Then they eventually get to the swamp. He
1: tells them how Negan isn't going to have his men go through there because they've already kind of established that it's too dangerous, and blah, blah, blah. And so... She kind of like hangs back with him to get her opportunity or whatever. And, you know, she does eventually try to take a shot at him at like point blank range and misses, which is not very promising for her.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was very close, though. (laughs) Let's just be clear.
1: (laughs) She was very close. She was. Chase ensues he happens to come across a group of saviors that was uh, scoping the area and he proves how he's on their side by like hopping out and basically falling into like hey you know it's dwight savior dwight
0: yeah he's clearly wounded like yo i got out of there with the skin of my teeth kind right, of thing exactly
1: exactly and they're like oh oh my gosh and his fear was that Laura, the savior who was the one who shot him, had already gotten back and on him, basically. But it seems that uh, they don't know where she is. So
0: lucky for him, too.
1: Very lucky for him, for sure.
0: On two fronts. <laughs> so yes. it's either Tara or Laura. Hmm. Yeah, they sound alike.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> yeah, Laura's with Sherry.
0: I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh man! Whoa! What? Yeah 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 oh just for that i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna find out where sherry is (laughs) i'm
1: going there because he mentioned there was a point when they were in that forest and they were walking around that i think dwight was mentioning about how like he cares about he just wants to find sherry she might be out here somewhere because she escaped and yep don't close the book on sherry sherry's out there and if laura hasn't shown up laura and sherry are out there very possibly together
0: i'm Mm. just i'm just saying so you think this might be like a last hurrah thing like maybe like when the war is all over, Laura just Uh pops up and goes, I have your wife. Yep. (laughs) I mean, Negan's wife.
1: My theory, my personal theory is that this whole wars and this is okay. Comic book spoiler. Okay. Okay. I think that what will happen if they try to follow the comic, which obviously doesn't mean anything anymore with the death of Carl, like anything really could happen. So whatever. Yeah, the war could be over. Everything's hunky dory. And Laura and Sherry show up and decide like, ha ha, we're going to be the new leaders of the saviors now.
0: Whoa, whoa. Okay, that's interesting.
1: Very possible. Very possible. I wouldn't sleep on the fact like, oh, you know, Laura and, and Sherry, they just disappeared. No, they didn't. Nope.
0: Okay. So okay. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rewind my brain. So I don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Carol, the audio cut out there for a few seconds. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> moving on. Moving, moving on. I'm sorry about that. I'll edit that out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my little brain fart. I just don't know what happened. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. <laughs> what exactly? <laughs> Exactly What is exactly it Yeah Well all I know is The last thing I heard Was, was that uh, Yeah I guess Dwight was picked up by the Saviors
1: Yes Dwight was picked up by the Saviors And he basically gave them You know A, a means to get to safety Yeah basically.
0: Lucky him though Yeah, that's yeah. And, and do you think Okay I still think that Dwight is still on the Alexandrian side
1: Yes I believe so
0: and this really does give him the opportunity to kind of work from within some more, mm-hmm. I think. Agreed. Okay, so we're on the same page.
1: Absolutely. I do agree with that. I think he's still very much on Team Rick, for sure. Team
0: Alexandria. Oh, well, what do they call? Oh, Auk. Auk. Oh, My God. <laughs> it's Alexandria Hilltop Kingdom. That is yeah. so funny. From the onset of the episode, we're actually jumping backwards in time to catch up with the moment that they find out that Carson and Gabriel are gone, right? That is true yeah because by the last episode we are, we're already at the point where Rick is even radio hanging it. Right. And sometime Mm -hmm. during this episode, we overlap that. It's kind of funny that way because you notice a couple things. This episode does play a lot with, you know, is there divine providence? Is there like, you know, godly intervention?
1: Man of science versus man of faith.
0: Yeah. Is it coincidence or is it faith? Right. Is it it some sort of otherworldly being Mm -hmm. in control of our destiny? Higher power. Right. So the first thing that I noticed, because obviously we've seen the episode, and then when we rewatched it, I noticed that had it not been for Carson and Gabriel's escape, the bridge patrol in the beginning of the episode wouldn't have been called away and the alexandrians might have been detected
1: very true it's very possible yeah that goes to the whole things happening for a reason the higher purpose and that's something that i feel unbeknownst to gabriel he had some sort of purpose and because i think he's really sort of bent on this
0: whole his purpose for sure and ultimately getting a doctor to hilltop you know may not have been been dr carson exactly
1: yeah that's very true and getting
0: sadiq there yeah. Go figure, you know, wrong faith. No. <laughs> But yeah The one thing that's interesting About this episode Is that even though Just to jump to the end of it Even though you see Father Gabriel break Yeah It's I'm not saying that I believe in God now But what I'm saying is that To suit that narrative Everything that he That happens in this episode Has been Has been kind of fortuitous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All these happenstance things That kind of line up And and opportunities Grasped Good things just seem to happen When they're looking for it So Mm -hmm. it does happen You know Whether he likes it or not Carson having died may have suited like a purpose as well if you think about it yeah he would have been tortured I Uh, have a question do you
1: think that he was trying to escape or do you think that it was sort of like a suicide by cop situation which is what I think (sighs) Carson was doing
2: personally.
1: I, I think that Dr. Carson is far too smart to think that he's going to be able to steal one savior's gun and take out numerous ones that came and captured them. I don't think so. My initial instinct was that this was a kind of sacrificial situation in order to also avoid returning and exactly what you said being tortured and
0: well like his brother was
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah i am being moved by what you're saying the needle on the side of him actually thinking he could get away versus being shot by them on purpose yeah that i'm kind of in the middle now i really don't know what to think about that i really don't it
1: made me feel very sad because i felt like Oh, you know, I, I liked Dr. Carson and I kind of like this whole, you know, how, we, how you were saying this whole kind of odd couple relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Like, I don't like this man of science and man of faith sort of thing. And I like that kind of hopefulness when they find the house and the antibiotics and all of that. What did you think about that? The house and the elements in the house, the antibiotics and all the of antibiotics,
0: that. The antibiotics, the radio, the. Yeah, the keys, the note. What did you
1: think about all that, by the way?
0: It's kind of like what I was saying about Gabriel. Like, I think he's actually right. The person that lived there was trying to give hope to people. Yeah, maybe ultimately he he gave his life up, but, but I think it's an allegory too. I think there's a limit to how much faith a person can have. What I really got from this episode is that sometimes what you think is your salvation really isn't. I think a lot of people spend their times treating that higher power as kind of like a wishing well, rather than really kind of giving themselves up to possibility, is what mm-hmm. I'll call it, to chance the infinite amount of possibilities that are out there. So I think in this episode, Father Gabriel loses his faith because the end result... Result isn't what he wanted, you know, or isn't what he expected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had he kept having faith, he would just rely on the next infinite possibility. Okay, maybe I messed up here and that's fine. Or maybe this messing up is meant for something more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Had he kept doing that, maybe he would find a way to actually eventually at some point, and maybe he will still realize that some of the things that had happened were fortuitous, like, you know, the Alexandrians being able to get to Hilltop and Carson not being around to, to be interrogated. Slightly tortured by Negan, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like that. Maybe this machine shop with Eugene is exactly where he needs to be. And maybe Eugene lends his own form of goodwill and faith. I think so. I think
1: he will. I think he still cares about Rick and and crew. And I think... Gabriel will be able to influence Eugene and make him understand that he still can not help them. There's still a way.
0: You think Gabriel will influence Eugene, or the other way around?
1: I think Gabriel will influence Eugene. I think that I think that Gabriel will still try and find. He's still going to work on trying to find like what can be done, or, what, or or maybe he doesn't. You know, necessarily. In my mind, I just kind of feel that, especially with Gabriel being blind, I almost wonder if that's going to place have something to do with play into the whole shell casings and if i you know i always suspected it's like well you know he could make either defective bullets or maybe blanks this could be an opportunity to be able to have that situation happen
0: so you think you think gabriel will give himself up in a way like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna screw this up on purpose
1: i i think so i mean i think that gabriel is kind of coming to the end of his his arc because I mean gosh like how much more can he really go after this he's not in good shape he's not necessarily in a a good place health wise and somebody brought it up too in an article that we're saying like gosh have we seen a situation of someone disabled in this kind of environment how do you even survive which is very true how long can Gabriel necessarily survive in this kind of environment without being very much taken care of
0: we did see Herschel here Herschel had one leg the governor had one eye I guess Carl that's true Carl too. Yeah. The governor had one eye too, right? He did. Yeah. Okay. Courtesy of Michonne. Just, just checking. Right, right, right. But not, you know, not where I would need like full time, full rehabilitation. Like, okay, I need to right. learn how to read with my fingers or, right, you know, right. rely on my other senses.
1: Yeah. Completely. Rely- yeah. Which is what he was doing. He was relying on his hearing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Midway in. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh man. How strange. But you know experience. what though, I, I don't think that Father Gabriel's gonna actually rally. I, I actually think? think I actually think the other way around. I think Eugene's gonna find a way to, to drag him into faith somehow.
1: Okay. That okay. I think
0: that I think he thinks that I don't know if I'm gonna make it if I can't get Gabriel to cheer up. Mm. I think I need Father Gabriel to have that chipper mood or whatever. Okay. So that I can I can lift myself up because I think that's the only thing that got him out of the wine drinking business. Don't so drinking business. I think it's gonna be out of self interest. I don't and I don't know if it's gonna work. And I think Gabriel might end up surrendering himself to his story. Let's just say,
1: uh-huh.
0: you know, try to sacrifice himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be of yeah. use. So, I mean, that's I would, where I'm going. I was very much intrigued
1: by this house, though. And I have so many questions about yeah, this house. Go, go for it. First of all, I guess it's three things. The antibiotics that I guess helped Gabriel to an extent, because it seems like he, he wasn't doing too well. He was feverish. And Dr. Carson was like, oh, these antibiotics are going to save your life or whatever, so I found that to be very interesting because I was like, okay, so he was infected, he got sick with the whole guts thing. And obviously, you know, it, it got pretty bad or whatever, but the antibiotics were able to, keep, to to kind of keep it controlled. I mean, obviously, like he had deteriorated to a certain point. But these antibiotics were able to kind of stop further deterioration. Right. Is this is progress? Is this something that we should make a note of?
0: Oh, you're saying like that there is a cure to the bite? Uh, like
1: I'm no. wondering, like, I mean, is this is this something to bear in mind for something else? I don't know. That was one thing. The other thing was the note that was in the the piggy bank that was to Barrington Museum House or whatever, which oh, is right. the, which is the hilltop. And oh, that what? yeah, that's yeah, that Barrington House whatever that's the hilltop.
0: I, I don't know so, why I didn't think of that. I just like oh, what it whatever that is. <laughs>
1: I I mean, I'm assuming the person that the walker that was there with the bag over their head was the person who lived there. But it's just like why? Why would they purpose? Why would they have in mind to go there? That I, I, out of curiosity, like I I don't understand why that would be like oh, go there. So Mm. interesting. And um, that was
0: definitely something to think about.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing is the thing that had me practically waving streamers and white flags and fireworks out the window was like the freaking. (laughs) Yes, the freaking ham radio. I was like, oh that ham radio, that is Chekhov's ham radio. That thing is gonna come up. Mark my words, it's coming up. It could be this is how I see a minor
0: thing or no,
1: no, this is how I see this going down. Okay. In my mind, (laughs) we end this war in the second to last episode. Let's say. Second to last, I would say, episode. Last episode. We do a time jump. We're going to the future. It's not Carl's vision, exactly, but it is a vision of the future. It's a better future. Not exactly how Carl pictured it, but it's a better future. It's peace and whatever. Eugene is back in the fold again, recolonized and rebuilt and all that sort of stuff, including that house. And Eugene is there and he's tinkering around that and he plays around with that and whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if the end of this this season involves him tinkering around with that and then somebody finally answering like, hello, ten four blah, 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 whatever, and we make contact. Oh, yes. That ham radio is going to make contact with whoever the hell is flying the helicopter.
0: Oh, snap. Yes. You went to the helicopter.
1: Yeah. That helicopter and that ham radio, it's all connected. It's Heath. It's Heath. Heath what? is going to answer <laughs>
0: for flying this helicopter the whole season.
1: Heath is going to answer Where that? can I land? Heath, I'm standing firm that Heath and Sherry are coming back and like Heath's going to be the one to answer that ham radio.
0: Yeah, Heath, Sherry, and Laura just just hanging jump out. out of a chopper. Just hanging out. Just hang- Yeah, we're just hanging out in the sky, you know, where they're
1: birds gonna, are. I'm telling you, they're going to come in contact with some military operation that's going to answer on that ham radio that's responsible for that helicopter. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, man. When I saw that ham radio, I was like, yes, yes. So like
0: a, mi- like a minor time jump though, right? Like not like five years in the future. I
1: think five years. Oh,
0: really? Wow. Yeah.
1: I think I think four to five years, yeah. I don't think like something like 10 years or something like that. Nothing huge. But I would say, yeah, four or five years.
0: Yeah, that would make things a lot more interesting with Judith too, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, no more yeah. baby actors to no, deal with. Exactly. <sighs> no more poopy exactly. diapers. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally think that's going to be the case. I, I think that radio, when I saw it, I was like, Red Flag? This thing is going to be useful. Wow. It's like when you play those video games. Did you ever play like Day of the Tentacle back in the day?
0: I know I played Maniac Mansion, but I never played the sequel.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, you know, you go into a room and there's stuff and you know, you need to use it and it's there
0: for a reason. That's this. <laughs> that ham- but you can't until later until you get a piece.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. It all has to, all the elements have to line up in order for you to use it. But I am telling you that ham radio will be used.
0: Yeah, like Eugene has that piece.
1: <laughs> Eugene, yeah, that is Eugene's piece. Eugene needs to get to the house in order to play around and fix the ham radio, and then they'll make contact.
0: Right, you have to use another player, like in the game. <laughs> The the player with the expertise. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing. Okay. I I didn't know. I didn't know. um...
1: My nerd level just went up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that the the, the Walking Dead was a pixel hunt game. So (laughs) there you go. I'm enjoying this, uh, this, this idea. Uh Uh Oh, yeah.
1: So those were the three elements that I found very interesting about that house was the antibiotics and how useful, I guess, that could be the map to the hilltop and why they would have a map to the hilltop at all. In a right. And like, then, who was this
0: person or why would they think that's a good idea?
1: Why would they think that's a good idea to keep it hidden with a set of keys? to a car like it was just very strange and then yeah the radio so those three things i'm like hmm, all righty i'm keeping my eye on you
0: and these are like an another thing that we just have to put in the piggy bank of things that will come back later
1: exactly to bite us exactly wow precisely
2: <laughs> yep
0: yeah i kept writing in my notes god is one for one god, <laughs> god is-, is two for two. Ah. Oh. The one thing I actually wrote, God is technically three for three for, is the, uh, is the warning sign about the traps because that was yes. in the initial first part of the episode. This is what further reaffirms my idea that what Gabriel should have learned is that mm-hmm. God isn't mm-hmm. like a wishing well. You right. know, God isn't going to give it to you the way you want it. No. What you have to do is be open to possibility. And the sign was there, literal sign was there, warning about the traps. It was it the was, sign that brought the you idea. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you were so wrapped up in being saved that you forgot that God had his own plan and you just Mm -hmm. look for his signs. Yeah. You know, you were looking for your own signs. Right. Yeah. You got lucky with your own signs, with the antibiotics, with the the keys and the, you know. Yeah. The one sign that you didn't pay attention to was, yeah, there's traps, buddy. Yeah. And, Mm. you know, and and this on the way to getting in, getting to the car too, you know, you got too cocky, buddy. Yeah. Uh. It's easy to see that like, oh, Carson was a believer and then he got, he got cocky too. And, you know, did you really initially think that his thing was shot by cop or or was it? Wow. Right from the jump,
1: right from jump. I just I don't know. There was something about it that just made me feel like this is a this is a Hail Mary attempt to get out of returning to Negan. I just I felt like like
0: a suicide.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like basically a kamikaze,
0: let's say. Yeah,
1: basically like a kamikaze sort of thing, because it's like, you know, what's going to happen when you go back. So why put yourself through that torture that, you know, he's going to put you through. So, yeah. It, my, that my, that was right away my my gut feeling was and that's why it made me sad. I was like, Oh god, poor Dr. person.
0: Yeah. Well my, my feeling is I'm I'm leaning towards that now. Yeah, you make me a believer in, <laughs> in that one. <laughs> ironically enough. Yeah, ironically. Right. <laughs>
1: but i felt bad also seeing um gabriel break at that point that's yeah. the point where you see him finally kind of break down in tears that's where he he is broken he's gotten to that point but literally carson saved his life by doing that because it gave him a, an alibi to to give negan because negan's already suspected based on his conversation with eugene at the start of the episode that oh carson you know can't be trusted or whatever it was probably all him and gabriel just basically confirmed it so he was like all right so It was Carson.
0: Yeah, here I am. So, you
1: know.
0: Yeah, here's another layer to that, though. Do you think it was easier for Gabriel to have all that faith? because Carson was there? Do you think he would have had the same level of faith had he not been there?
1: I, I think that's a good point. I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, you know, having that sort of support from Dr. Carson made him feel more emboldened to feel like, you know, I have faith, you know, look, you know, you're with me and we've gotten this far and whatever. And I think if he was alone, he might not be so inclined to have this sort of faith. Although I will say he has been in the past couple of seasons a lot more about like oh you know you have to have this faith or whatever or
0: purpose or
1: purpose because even when he was captured by the garbage people he seemed to kind of have faith that you know Rick was going to come and they were going to like save him and all of that and he was pretty bold with Negan when they were in the trailer so I I feel like he's definitely become much more confident and bold because of his kind of revived faith that he doesn't necessarily hesitate he doesn't cower in fear Father Gabriel as much as he
0: used to. I think it's because he was fresh, though, if you think about it. Like, okay, he was kind of back in action. He had yeah. all the reason in the world to kind of be motivated yeah. with this plan. Yeah. But you know what? I think what this season has showed us is that, and you see this with Rick, you see this with Daryl, you see this uh, every now and again with every kind of every, every single person. I think it's starting to happen with everybody. And it happened with Eugene in this episode, is that you get these people and they do a courageous thing. And then when something happens, anything, they kind of fall back. Back to their old habits. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And yeah, Rick
0: Rick did this the last episode. You know, he was all about promising Carl that future and then just automatically comes back to wanting to kill me again. Yeah. You see, with Eugene, Eugene's like full-on savior, I'm mm-hmm. gonna make bullets, you know. So and then I think you're seeing that now with Father Gabriel. You're seeing that, no, no, this wasn't supposed to be like that. And maybe this was right. him, his his initial reaction to how he was in the church by himself locking himself up right, you know, right. like the way he felt mm-hmm. you know it's not supposed to be like this uh the apocalypse it's oh it's killing everybody and you know they want to get me and i i have no choice i gotta lock myself up right you know i have to lock myself up to the faith you know i gotta rely on my instincts and then me 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 <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I think he shook. And look, I want to just go back to what I said in the last episode. I just, I don't blame anybody for going there, you know, for Rick and his grief and Eugene and his terror and even Father Gabriel for really giving it a go. Yeah. It's very easy to kind of judge. Do I think that he's going to be the one to motivate Eugene? No, but do I think he's going to find a way back? Do do I think he might pull a Carson? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's my feeling. I feel like he's going to find some way to be useful. Yeah. And, and it's going to be of him in a kind of an ironic way. It's like hell or high water. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's about the people I love. Right. If this is God's plan, this is God's plan. But if it's not, whatever, be damned. Yeah. It's their plan. And I'm I'm, I'm shooting for their future, that kind of thing. I'm hoping yeah. it isn't, though. I really, I really do wish, I do hope that he is a character. I have learned to kind of adore him
2: mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a
0: way. Kind of like in the way I can somehow stomach Eugene now. Yes. The fact that Eugene is kind of a character we can identify with that we want to kind of like to identify with. This is kind of who we would be. But even he's trying to find courage and trying to find the right thing to do. Gabriel's kind of surpassed that. And I, yeah. I kind of want that to continue.
1: Yeah, I do too. I do want that to continue. I don't want this to be like the end of it. Yeah. So I, I do hope it, it it does continue. I, I don't know necessarily what could be done but I, I do think that, that they'll they'll do it, it's almost kind of like a um, a passive resistance I think that that's kind of what they can do where they are in terms of being in this bullet making capacity and just kind of either potentially smuggling bullets to the resistance or mm. you know sabotaging the actual quality of these bullets
0: you know now that you say the first thing you know smuggling the bullets like because he did make he did make it seem like Negan oh you know I can't just can't seem to get the quantity Right. maybe there's an expectation that there yeah that seems more likely I think
1: yeah, it's possible
0: you know he's already set the expectations you know yeah. pretty low right yeah. exactly. and, and then now Negan has his own like plan you know we see this at the end of the episode already mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he has his own plan about the psychops you know <laughs> you right. know, borrowing the thing that happened to gabriel in his experience yeah. with him how he got really sick really fast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then using it against hilltop yeah so
1: and by the way can i just say that is exactly from the comics the bio mm. the bio warfare sort of idea a hundred percent and i want to say another note when i was watching this with my husband eddie he was like they're just coming up with this now <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay mr smarty pants listen here <laughs> are you on a show called squawking D- <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I did i did find it really funny because it is one of those things where it's like yeah it only, it's only been eight seasons
0: yeah. Well, I mean, look, we did we did see a form of this in the prison. You know, to the point yes. where people got so sick that they, tur- you know, they died and they turned right. in yeah. the prison, yeah. you know, in the walls. So yeah. it's kind of like which is like Carol's departure at a certain point. Yes, so, very true. but I, I, you can't say it wasn't that, right? You know, yeah. so it's not as if they they had only that was thought the of first this time. now. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is the first time we got a little bit of a taste of the whole biohazard kind of thing beyond like the initial outbreak sort of
0: stuff. Right, like just being around these you know, bodies, let's say. Yeah, it's, it's not a plague. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You're not immune to it. You no. know, you can still get sick in this world.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and
0: this is one of those things.
1: Right, so, this one of those things. And you don't have handy antibiotics necessarily to,
0: to fight this stuff. That's true. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is, you know, you could do anything to get people sick and that's already a disadvantage.
1: Yeah, just that, just that in and of itself, you know, just getting people ill.
0: Yeah, but the fact that it's that and it's that powerful, yeah, it's it's just game over. Oof. It's just that much more debilitating no, having this sure. particular kind of illness. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But yeah, Negan does trot out the line that, and it's a good reminder that anything that they do that Auk does is on them. It's interesting to be reminded of Negan's neurosis. Yes how it may not come down to it being a gunfight but if it is it's all on them they're the ones that are not falling in line right it's a theme that's kind of repeating like it's on them it's on them you know and rick is like it's on them for starting this whole thing you know i gotta it's gotta end you know we gotta put them down it's gotta be over it's gotta be done we gotta kill them
1: but it's so interesting to me though like because i, I think that this is one of the things that i have a little trouble reconciling with in this episode when it comes to Negan, we just got off of another episode where it's all about people resource, you can't just sort of arbitrarily kill people, that sort of stuff. It's not necessarily Simon arbitrarily just going and killing the masses. And I think we get more of an inkling of it in the sneak peek for next week. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to see it?
0: Oh yeah, you get the sneak peek at the end of the episode, but then the extended one in Talking Dead yes. expands on that. And right. I kind of just lumped them in the same thing because it just it just makes sense. Yeah. That's fortuitous.
1: My biggest issue with this episode with Negan was just the fact that his kind of approach right now is, like you said, it's very like, well, they brought this onto themselves. And I think Eugene brings it up, of oh, people being a resource and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, he
0: reminds him of his own philosophy.
1: Right. And he kind of makes it seem like, well, you know, if they shoot at us, then we need to basically, he tries to use a whole self-defense kind of argument. It's like, if yeah. they're going to come at us, you know, then we need to be ready to defend ourselves.
0: And if something happens to them it's really their fault
1: then it's really their fault because they were aggressive to us and we just want to save them
0: right so, right
2: yeah but
0: yeah no it brings up a good question because the one thing I did want to expand on what Eugene was saying was that if you really think about it from where Eugene was before and where he is now he wouldn't even question Negan he but even he did mm-hmm. and that really is interesting to me mm-hmm. what I wrote down was is he cracking is this getting to be too much for him
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it was especially with somebody like
0: Eugene. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, further reinforce the point. He asks if there's going to be wine because he knows <sighs> that like, I'm going to have to do this. And if I'm going to have to do this and again, falling back to, to his old habits. Right. And I think Negan is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, instead of trying something different, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's like I said last week, insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And Negan is doing the same thing. Like we have to keep going after the Alexanders. We have to teach them a lesson. We have to get these people in line. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Like his lieutenants are dropping off left and right. And meanwhile, they're not complying. It's not working. Right. And the fact that Eugene cracks means that, okay, something is changing with him. And that's just proving you think Eugene is insane. Mm -hmm. Eugene's a little off his rocker, but it it just shows that he really is kind of on. You know, he really is somewhat of an adjusted person that he could at some point be the sane one and just kind of say, hey, Buddy, this is not what you ultimately want. Yeah. If keeping people as a resource is ultimately what you want, doing this? I mean, how many resources are you are going to have left? Half of them? Is that what you want? Yeah. There's got to be a better way. I agree. I thought that was very interesting. I guess they like to do this. They like to swing back
1: and forth with with Negan. At some point, he's this guy who's feeling bad for Carl's death and making him spaghetti. And then the next minute, he's on this kick. So he's just, he's very up and down.
0: Yeah, I think he's suffering from the same thing that everybody else is, trying to stick to the formula. And even Negan's going to have to, at some point, realize that. Or maybe not. Maybe not until it's too late. Or it's seeming as though we're going to get... a taste of that form of insanity on his end Mm -hmm. because you know and i'll just just, i'll jump to the sneak peek because just because we've opened the door to it one thing i want to say first is that the sneak peek was amazing usually the sneak peeks are so goddamn boring so just so non elucidating yes Like and random. The, yeah, and this was so action packed mm-hmm. and so intense mm-hmm. and tells us a lot about where this episode's going to go.
1: I think it's going to be a very good episode. But not say. in a bad
0: way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was just a, a minute. Yeah, there's yeah. 40 minutes in the in episode. So there's got to be something that leads up to it, something after that, maybe. Right. And we find out that Rick comes out of nowhere, runs Negan off the road in a tight space. And Simon kind of takes over. And and we're assuming that he's going to continue executing Negan's plan, Mm -hmm. rallying the troops saying, for Negan, because obviously he's not there. Right. My expectation is that there's going to be a reckoning between Negan and Rick. And there's going to be something substantial that comes out of it. I don't know what that's going to be. But do you have feelings on this?
1: (sighs) I'm looking forward to the episode. This is episode 12. And I guess here's the thing. Like I I am so antsy for them to just, I don't want to say wrap up this whole lot war. (laughs) Arc, but I am very much looking forward to the crescendo and conclusion of this because for whatever reason, I, and maybe it's because it's been so segmented, or last season, I should say, it was very segmented where it was like, this is a Daryl episode and, and he's in a cell and this is a Rick episode and he's being beaten down and here's a Tara
0: episode. Like a slower pace that yeah, the, uh, sets, sets a series of that episodes. That it
1: felt like this has dragged out a little bit, for me at least. Right. So I, I think that the pace is definitely going To Quicken because of the fact that Alexandria burned down and basically all our characters are now in one setting at Hilltop. We'll see Simon, we'll see Dwight, we'll see Negan. I I feel like Simon is such an interesting character. I'm always so fascinated by Simon. He's so bizarre and strange. I'm very fascinated by him and I just feel like he's such a loose cannon.
0: Right. We're getting to to his depths basically. Yeah.
1: I just don't know necessarily what to expect with Simon sometimes. And I kind of feel like Simon's the kind of person who wouldn't be necessarily all that upset if Negan were not there, because he would mm-hmm. like to be the the one in command. You kind of get a sense of that even when Negan was stuck in the trailer.
0: I mean, he was always second in command. You know, he always had Negan's right. trust. He
1: was always second in command, so he would be the, the next one in line, basically. The VP. Exactly. But
0: you know what, though? You saw his little smile. Yes,
1: little smirk. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> You just don't know with Simon. There's a lot of dissension in the ranks of the saviors. You have a lot of them that are just kind of following orders, kind of like the ones that ran into Dwight that are just sort of like, hey, all right, Dwight, you lead the way. You know what I mean? It's like when they ran into Dwight, Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, Dwight, all right, you lead. Like they're just following orders. Yeah. Well, Dwight, you know, for for a fact, is obviously on the side of the Alexandrians. With Simon, it's become very clear that he doesn't necessarily agree with Negan's philosophy. So I think that that's very interesting. and I think that Simon's a loose cannon. You don't know. You, you just don't know necessarily where his loyalties stand. His loyalty is to himself. <laughs>
0: Furthermore, it, it answers the question or it, it elucidates what it's like to have all the power, but none of the responsibility. He can do whatever. And as long as Negan doesn't punish him, it's, it's kind of on Negan. Mm-hmm. It's on, it falls to the president. And the president will shut that S down, yeah. you know? He's kind of in a good spot. Pretty much. It's kind of like when you're at work and you have your manager and... The that manager has a supervisor, let's say. Mm-hmm. The manager can probably get away with a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and anything that he does wrong will reflect on the supervisor, but the supervisor may not necessarily punish the manager as much as the manager would punish his underlings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like this buffer. He's just like nebulizing membrane between the supervisor and the workers. So anything he does, it's kind of neutralized a little bit because of his position. He's a trusted position. He gets, you know, he gets the workers moving, mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that that position is crazy dangerous and I think what we're going to see in the next episode is that Simon is probably going to take Negan's choice for making peace out of Negan's hands it's probably going to be abundantly clear the situation that he's wrought Mm -hmm. and it will be on him you know not on the Alexandrians not on the kingdom it's going to be on him it's his philosophy it's his thinking that it would carry him through Mm -hmm. that is his fault Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a reckoning Mm -hmm. and Rick is going to have that same reckoning and Eugene is is going to have that reckoning and Tara I think has already found that reckoning Tara's already seen that Dwight has given himself up taking a chance that the savers are going to kill him Mm -hmm. hearing that Laura didn't rat him Mm -hmm. out knowing full well that he threw himself into a possible situation where he would have been destroyed I think it may be a reckoning for her in terms of the safety that Dwight bought the Alexandrians there's no denying at this point that at least in some way it'll cause her to hesitate Right. Before before pulling a gun on Dwight again. Yeah, for sure. Oh, on that note, let me ask you one thing. Do you think Daryl doesn't allow Dwight to eliminate the Swamp Walkers because he wanted him safe from them? Good
1: question.
0: Hmm. I mean, is it just because he doesn't trust him? Because I know it may, he makes it very clear that he doesn't. Right. To the point where he has to stop himself from swearing in front of Judith. But... At the same time, do you think he's like a a valued asset at the very least? It could
2: be.
1: I guess like when I think about it, yeah, maybe maybe that is the case that it's more of like a valued asset situation. Because it kind of reminds me of the Eugene and Abraham situation where Abraham protected Eugene to the nth degree because this is the person. You got to protect them because they've got the key or whatever. Ooh, actually, that's the name of the next episode. The key. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I wonder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I what that means.
0: Simon is the key No Dwight is the Who key Who is
1: the key The key
0: to what Gozer is the key No never mind Sorry I have a Wrong show
1: <laughs> Who is the key I, I Yeah, I yeah.
0: Or maybe it's the concept What is the thing That just unlocks All the doors Blows them wide open I know let people in Makes peace possible When do
1: you think We're going to wrap up This war Oh <sighs>
0: Well, let's put it this way. Let's do the math. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in episode 11, okay? Right. We started with 9, 10, 11. Yes. The next one's going to be the action-packed peak. Right. Do I think that we're going to have another action-packed episode after that? I think we are because I think that... I think that Simon is going to run away with the show. Yeah. I you know, so. it's it's going to go to where it's out of Negan's hands. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a reckoning there. So I think I you're going to so. have two back to back. Because I think the formula worked for them. Mm-hmm. I think what you brought up about last season or season and a half about mm-hmm. things being very slow paced. Mm-hmm. I think they picked up on that. They saw yeah. how well people received the first four episodes of season eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have these two intense episodes. And I think there's going to be some, I don't think it's going to be over. I think there's going to be a road, and mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a reckoning, and I think that things may happen, but they're going to happen in, in smaller sequences, yeah. like uh, like the fight between Morgan and Jesus. <laughs> like. Right. But yeah, we're going to have our two intense episodes, and that leaves us with, I think it was a 9, 10, 11, two episodes, and then you have three more episodes mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. I think those episodes may contain some of the little things that were dropped along the way on mm-hmm. season 7 and 8. Yeah. Uh, you know, little heaths and <laughs> helicopters <laughs> and, and Jadis maybe even.
1: Little he- I know, that's that's another wild card.
0: Right, right. And I think those three will be the last three episodes maybe. Yeah. If we don't, unless we see Jadis in the next episode, which I highly doubt it, mm-hmm. we'll get something. I think something. Mm-hmm. I won't say what. Mm-hmm. But you know, there'll be a little little reveals.
1: I don't think those things ever fully go away. I think that they're, they're there. It's just a matter of when it'll pop up again.
0: It's really difficult to tell where the season's going to go from here.
1: It is. It's very difficult because it's it's hard to know whether from my perspective as somebody who reads the comics it's like I, I don't anticipate them sticking to the script necessarily per se they, they could
0: being the comic book
1: right like <laughs> it no longer is like the script to go by and say like well this is what's going to happen it's like well maybe maybe not you know yeah they
0: kind of shook us out of the formula or like right. what we what we would expect and I think Kirkman has said that too mm-hmm. he, he said that any opportunity to shake people out of the idea that they know what's going to happen is it's what has kept people watching the show is right. basically what he said right unlike things like Harry Potter or you know which is kind of like which is very interesting to say because okay like with Harry Potter and maybe any adaptation is that oh you get kind of like a watered down version of the book let's say Mm -hmm. and this is definitely not that right it's it's more so not that it's it's not only that it doesn't follow the book or not it's not only that it's not even that it's a watered down version of anything it's like a full-on character expose it really goes into the character the mannerisms like even Gregory you know the way he his manner that you can't imitate in the comics as well. Mm-hmm. Negan mm-hmm. is the same way, you can get into that depth. Right. It's more, I think. And I think oh. Kirkman knows that and is exploiting that. Right. It, you have the opportunity to have these long pan scenes, these mm-hmm. dramatic reveals like Carl in the church with Michonne him and him Rick over him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and you feel the gravity of that. You can't really you can get that in a way, you know, with beautiful panels in a comic or maybe like a full page panel. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so much better and you know, we can see it
1: yeah some things are hard and it goes both ways it's just it's there are some things that translate better onto the screen and can be be better illustrated in, in a visual sense on the screen and there are some things that honestly work better written because it's very hard to really depict it my best example of it is like i don't know if you ever saw 2001 a space odyssey
0: i do but, but i keep falling asleep <laughs> it, is a, it
1: is a very laborious movie I yeah get it But if you ever read the book by Arthur C. Clarke, a lot of people will know the ending of 2001 because it has like the giant baby in space or or whatever. And everybody's like, what the hell is that? You know, and like, you know, but if you read the book, it's a lot more clear in terms of what the author is trying to say about mankind and civilization, which is really hard to illustrate in a movie form. It's just (laughs) very, very difficult.
0: Right, you can't escape having to describe what the meaning of that.
1: Yeah that's a hard thing to depict
0: yeah whereas a movie it can get lost right
1: right And then on the flip side of it, there are some things that just work better. There are some people that have had a big attitude about some of the liberties that the show has taken in terms of departing from the comics, especially with this whole Carl thing. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people got very adamant saying, you know, it's a a slap in the face to recommend (laughs) comics to to say that the way the comic was written, it doesn't work for the screen. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, because at the end of the day, it's like I, as somebody, who's read the comics and i think that the comics are good there are certain things that you kind of suspend belief and you're like okay and you just roll with it but it'd be a hard sell on tv in the comic we just kind of move keep moving forward it's like all right next panel and this is what's happening okay all right (laughs) and that's that
0: also how boring would that get let's just be real here yeah yeah, I'm the kind of person that this is just the way my I work and maybe that's why I'm in IT and it's why I do a lot of things with music and all that but the way I look at things is that when something's written down on the paper and I have the opportunity to improve it I mean, that's that's what I do even if it's my own work even if somebody shows me it in a different way playing it on a different instrument mm-hmm. that sort of thing yeah, I can't help myself but try to improve that and what Kirkman is basically saying and Kirkman's intimately involved in the show yes. so he's really it's not just that they're taking these liberties and which obviously see the producers like Scott Gimple they, you know they're putting their two cents in sure but they're running it by Kirkman oh yeah I mean and I think Kirkman has the I, I'm the final say he has the final what well, does he because that's the thing like, I'm not entirely sure but it feels like he kind of puts a check mark right next to the suggestions he's like yeah, yeah that's that's good
1: yeah he's the one who basically you get is me. the one to okay these things because ultimately like he's the mainstay on the show there have been other showrunners that I think what oh, was a Frank What was his name Frank
0: Frank Darabont yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, like people come and go, but Kirkman's not going anywhere. You yeah,
0: know? you have you had my rant about Darabont, so yeah. Yeah. And by the way, what we're saying right now may have been like Kirkman saying, no, this guy's taking too many liberties. He's right. spending too much money on this. Yeah. It's not meant to be that way.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I think Kirkman even said that there were certain things that he did in the comic in terms of the way certain characters died that he
0: wish Oh, that he regretted, he regretted. yeah.
1: That he regretted. And he said that about Abraham. I wouldn't be surprised if even with Gabriel it's similar because father Gabriel's trajectory in the comic is different than what's happening with him here right and you know father Gabriel isn't long for the world in the comic but his death also feels very similar to the way that they killed off Abraham in the comic where he just doesn't have as much of a guess, um, purpose necessarily yeah like here they're really giving Gabriel like a purpose even if he might like be killed off tomorrow but he's trying to at least go down with a purpose which wasn't necessarily the case in the comic form so I think that there's always room to improve on it
2: right
0: and I think that's what makes his character meta by the way like in a way Mm -hmm. Kirkman is saying I need to give this character a purpose because he's and I'm going to write it that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) like (laughs) so and it seems like he's reutilizing these characters in ways that are way more useful, I think, to, let's say, advance the story, but also yeah. make it, like, beef it up more. Right. To give it more oomph. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. rather than just deflate you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when we thought that Glenn was going to die, there was a feeling that that would have deflated us to all hell. Yeah. And again, I, I think the way they did it, they totally intended on doing that. They took a chance, and then they brought him back. And I think they meant to do it that way, but it really just brought the point home that people didn't react very well to that and and it's a oh you want glenn to die now okay let's kill him now Mm -hmm. oh yeah see that i i I wasn't gonna let him die anyway but you see what happens when you do that (laughs) jesus i was right about about uh, abraham yeah i was right oh
2: god (laughs) yeah so
0: yeah and you you get to think about how many people left the show regardless of that fact like Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that they tried to give characters more not meaningful deaths but using them to the point where when we lose them it's we can be okay with that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or more more okay with that we're not going to be okay but at least it feels more right yeah than wrong yeah that yeah. makes more sense
1: we, we accept
0: it we accept it more right or we find a way to accept it more right. rather than like just feeling sad yeah. just endlessly sad. or just giving up on the show rage quitting yeah <laughs> rage, walking dead rage quitting I want to move to Maggie and her mm-hmm. situation because mm-hmm. it's like the only thing we really haven't covered at all and so you see how hard hard she is in the beginning. Yes. Faced with a completely rational situation, where she handles it in the most rational way.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And what you were worried about initially was that she is feeling what it's like to be the leader and possibly turning to like not like a Gregory, but like. Mm-hmm how things go. People get into power and they realize mm-hmm. they have to make really tough decisions. Yeah. And, and so when you really look at her situation, what she does is completely reasonable. My people first. You know, yeah. you guys are the enemy, etc., mm-hmm. etc. But then you have the interaction with Sadiq and that and changes that change, everything. And
1: that changes everything, yeah.
0: What do you think went through her mind?
1: I think because she looked around and she saw how everybody was like trying to help each other and they didn't necessarily know each other. You have all these random people that are essentially refugees. Let's be honest. Yeah, that are coming in, and they're all trying to help each other where they can. Sadiq has medical knowledge, so he's, "Hey, I'll set up an infirmary." Blech, I didn't pronounce it right. Infirmary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the word. I'll set up an infirmary and you know, <laughs> why am I? So- <laughs> <laughs> oh my because God.
0: you've been infirm lately
1: because I exactly, because I've been disabled <laughs> lately. So uh,
0: it's colored your perception of it, language.
1: It's colored my perception <laughs> of language. So sad,
0: <laughs> but so, you're seeing how like people are pitching in and, and it's not just that they're feeding mouths. They're,
1: they're not looking to just take, take, take. They're sort of like, Hey, you know what? I can help you with this. You know, thank you so much for letting us come and, and stay here. Here, I can do this for you do you need this
0: yeah I'm not gonna be a drag
1: no exactly and I think this guy not knowing her from anybody offering his services to basically help the all the stranger right all these strangers that was kind of eye opening for her and probably also because we don't hear it but we see how basically when Daryl and them all arrive that he basically tells them what happened to Carl you can just kind of read his lips
0: and oh see and her. how he died too I'm sure
1: right and I think yeah and that that's the thing they do know and then we Carol and morgan are talking yeah. to to uh henry, know, henry right i think that they do mention like you know he died helping somebody else so i think that they all kind of know that carl died and how it happened so i think that that also probably played a part in maggie's mind for why to basically have mercy on these prisoners and not just treat them like animals
0: and morgan deciding to basically tell henry that gavin killed his brother right that is something i think he sees that it's not enough to give them the skills but also to give them a sense of humanity. Yeah. To not be lost in a quest mm-hmm. that will ultimately possibly kill them.
1: Yeah, bloodlust.
0: Like, even if he survives it, will he survive it? Right. And it's what Carol says that really hammers that home. Is like, you're not okay and you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Imagine this kid. Right. How how do you think? He's a developing mind. Mm-hmm. You know, how is he going to handle that? Right. Living, developing that way. Yeah. Is he going to be the next whatever?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we've seen kids like that.
1: Carl was on that slope. He was on a yeah. slippery slope hitting in that heading in that direction too, until Rick basically kind of stepped in and, as a parent, and you know showed him the way, and he said that
2: on his
0: yeah.
1: you know, last uh, moments.
0: Yeah, and notice one thing is that. Once they're done with that situation, Morgan says it to Henry, it's over. We pan to Maggie. Mm-hmm. Maggie is watching so, yeah, this exchange.
1: Watching yeah, she's watching it from afar, yeah.
0: And then and then Sadiq swoops in for the final, blow, <laughs> for the of, final of, blow of 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 kindness and hospitality. Yeah. And and seeing how being hard will produce maybe a bad result, will produce a Gregory, will produce a Negan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe mm-hmm. she had been thinking about how she's been handling the situation, and probably thinking that she's everything she's been doing is personally reasonable again I'll say it -hmm. again and again Mm -hmm. but seeing that there could be a better way Mm -hmm. and she's embracing that better way so I guess we're seeing instead of going back to old habits or going back to what would be the default we're seeing people evolve finally Mm -hmm. and Maggie is the first one and I think it's good that it's Maggie
1: I think so because
0: I think we were worried that she was going on a kind of path right
1: yeah I mean I, I feel like I always felt like she still had her humanity ultimately hidden in there just based on when she executed that prisoner you know and she was all tough and she walked away and you could see that she was in tears that is not who she wants to be it's not who she wants to be whatsoever she's had to be it because she has this community that is basically looking to her for guidance and safety so she can't necessarily be weak but at the same time she's not a monster she's not a sociopath
0: right I think you were also worried that she wouldn't have as much of a role
1: I still am concerned about her role because I feel like even just look at this podcast (laughs) and not to say that she's an afterthought but Mm -hmm, i mean we've spent so much time on everybody else other than maggie's storyline and i blame that on the fact that i think that i think that they could have done a little bit more for maggie and and maybe to their credit now that the hilltop is going to be like quote unquote the last stand because that is where they're all congregated maybe we will see more of that right instead
0: of instead of flipping back and forth between these different right four settings we have two maybe three settings max and we'll be spending more time on each one
1: right so maybe we will get to see more of her involvement because I feel like right now they really haven't did they kind of like as a second thought? Sort of like, all right, let's see. You know, here's what's going on with Maggie or whatever.
0: You gotta. <laughs> oh, wonder. she's all right. Yeah, moving along. Yeah.
1: You gotta wonder when Jesus is gonna show up.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what what we're going to see. We're gonna mm-hmm. see that. We're gonna see. We're gonna see Jesus come back. We're gonna see how things. I because mean, Hilltop is the standing ground, and I think Maggie's gonna have a big role in that. Yeah. Rick is Rick is grieving. Rick is falling into old habits. Michonne is done. Mm-hmm. So I think Maggie's gonna really step up here. It's gotta be that right it's got to be like that i would think morgan's not right either too and carol is probably just trying to get morgan in line Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. so
0: who's the most well-adjusted person in this camp
1: i i i have to say maggie maggie is the most well-adjusted person as much as she is the widow that they they (laughs) reference
0: Don't underestimate her. It's
1: kind of cool, though, right? The widow. Yeah, absolutely. As much as they may say that she is probably the most well-adjusted in the mindset of being clear on, hey, this is what we have to do, and that's all. There but is. then
0: also having that extra, like again, how she changed in at the, at the just the last second of the episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. She has the ability to see other options. Yes. After after seeing a little som- kindness and mm-hmm. people changing.
1: Yeah, she's not blinded by rage at this point, where or, or by sheer emotion which I think is a downfall for a lot of these characters. Rick acting on sheer emotion. Even Rosita early on with the whole Negan thing, acting on sheer emotion and taking a shot at him and getting Olivia. She got Olivia Uh killed. Oh, yeah. That was, I gotta say, that was one of the... Not, not funny as kills, because it wasn't funny. I just, I, I still, to me, that is still the best Negan line ever. Negan hurts Olivia's feelings as when well he brought Carl home. Yeah. And he offers to screw her brains out, I think he says. Like, <laughs> slaps him. And he says he's 50% more into her now.
0: <laughs> I yeah. Me and Eddie were. So not when, she, not when he killed her, but yeah. that. But but when when she...
1: he, wasn't, he wasn't the one to kill her. It was Arat who did.
0: Yeah, that's right. And that's he, right. Was,
1: good point. And he told Rick it wouldn't have been his choice to do that for obvious reasons i suppose mm-hmm. when these characters act on their emotions sasha also sasha hell-bent hell-bent they they act emotional and get it in their heads like that's this is what i, I have to just do i just have to do this it, it never really has good results even simon that oh it's like you said that there is a reckoning that's going to come from that for sure
2: yeah you
0: know? there's going to be something that the vp does that's going to eventually get him fired uh-huh. he's like testing his limits he's like anybody else who has power like, yeah. like a tiger woods or
2: mm-hmm. how far
0: can you like push or Elliot Spitzer or or yeah. oh, Anthony Weiner uh, things like that God. Bill Clinton well okay I'm going on the political but you get the idea
1: yeah there's so much to choose from that's the problem
0: you have all the adoration all the power and then there's nothing to stop you almost mm-hmm. nothing except for one thing if you cross that line it's over and right. if you cross Negan it may or may not be over no it's mm-hmm. If now that we're looking at this this next sneak mm-hmm. it, it does go back to maggie though because do you remember what philip said he said it, maggie says there's no other way and then philip is you don't you don't have to do this right you still don't have to do this mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it does make if that's even his name it does make philip right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a weird way so i think okay i have one last question <laughs> Do you think something's going to happen between those two? Yes, I do. Oh, snap. You were really quick. 100%. I was hoping you'd hesitate more, no, but like 100%, I do. I, I was hoping you'd hesitate to prevent me from falling off that cliff.
1: No, I do. I think I think love is in the air. Wow. Yeah. Which again, poor Daryl. I'm like psyched. (laughs) Poor Daryl. Daryl gets (laughs) Like, I just, no, it's true. Like, I always feel bad for him. I'm like, everybody is like, getting something here and Daryl gets nothing. I'm like, I don't quite understand this. I'm like, you guys better give him
0: something. Well, maybe that's what it'll make it so much more meaningful Mm -hmm. when he does get it. Yeah. Do you thought he might have, he was kind of getting that with Beth. Beth, Thank you. Yeah. With Beth. They,
1: they they were so weird with that. Like, I was, it was never quite clear what the hell that relationship was. It was very bizarre. It was very, very strange. Nothing ever really seemed to ever come from that, other than he seemed to really care for her. And maybe it was more than that, but it never came to any kind of fruition. The love interest storyline involving Carl, a lot of people thought, like, well, the female character is a little on the younger side, so I don't know if it would work with Daryl or whatever. And, but then at the same time, with Daryl and Beth, I mean, Beth was younger than Daryl. Yeah. They're pretty similar. And Daryl has a bit of a arrested development going on. Yeah. Early on in the show, You got the sense that he came from a troubled family background, but there was some abuse there. So, which maybe is part of why he's this perpetual loner all
0: the time. Right. Nearby, but not close.
1: Yeah, nearby, but never quite close enough. So... I think if they really wanted to kind of make things interesting give that storyline to him first of all people would be shocked because like like I said they've never gone down that road with him whatsoever right like, I think that people would be shocked to see a different dimension to him and then you keep the comic book fans happy because you can still keep to the to the same storyline basically
0: right oh and I'd, I'd love to see him handle it poorly too because that's what's going to happen like because initially he does.
1: because that's what he <laughs> It works because Daryl handles things very poorly. So it it, it fits character. It works. So that's my hope. But in terms of Maggie, yeah, I I think there's love there. There's there's, there's love there.
0: If there is, I don't think it's very obvious. I don't think that a lot of people picked up on that possibility.
1: I think it's more one-sided right now or will be. I
0: think. I don't know if it's any sided, but I think it's I think it's side sided. I think it's us going. <laughs> exactly, there's nothing. We're like Cupids. We're just like shooting arrows into their butts yeah, right now. Shooting
1: arrows. Come on, you guys. Good together. Pick it up, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Sherman the yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm... Are we
0: devils or are we Cupid? I'm not no, sure at this point.
1: I, I am definitely shipping Maggie and what's his name? I guess Philip the, or... Is that his name? Yeah.
0: Yeah, or whatever... Um, nice
1: savior, kind savior. Yeah,
0: or whatever Dean said. Because remember, he screamed out a different name. I forget what it was now. Yes, though.
1: that's right. Yeah. So hey. that guy, I'm shipping Jesus and Aaron
0: for sure. And they yeah. were kind of shipping each other last week, mm. by the way, if you remember. And I think, wasn't that... a didn't that happen in the comics or something yes it did oh boy yeah
1: (laughs) I'm waiting for that to happen
0: Uh, see Jesus in his lobster bib and uh and Aaron wiping Jesus' mouth
1: oh gosh so anyway, funny. who would have thought Aaron is still around, right?
0: That's yeah, well, and I guess we have to get back to that at some point, right?
1: Yeah, he's still at Oceanside. Maybe, maybe Jesus turns up at Oceanside and they all show up Jesus, Aaron, oh. and the Oceanside people. He's out scavenging.
0: So, do you think it's more of a rescue mission that he's rescuing Aaron? And that's how it could happen.
1: That's how it could happen. He could be out scavenging, but in his travels, save Aaron and Oceanside and, you know. They, oh,
0: I think and, it's, I think it's way more purposeful than that because Oceanside's quite a bit of ways away. Yeah. You know, yeah, I right. think there's a mission going on here.
1: Maybe, maybe it's possible.
0: That's interesting, huh?
1: Yeah. I feel like the fact that Jesus is like, oh, he's out scavenging. I'm like, yeah, you're going to come across something. You're not going to just show up with like pasta.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's showing up with, with paella. <laughs> Oh, it's it's I know. There you go. Jesus is <laughs> <puts> a wheel. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are footsteps on the side of the road. You got, you got to let him in. Uh. So, at some point. So
1: awesome.
0: That was the best line. A delirious Father Gabriel. He's like, oh, why don't I, Jesus take the wheel? Well, I mean, you can at least let him in the car. Yeah. Footsteps on the side of the road. I mean, come on. I
1: know. I thought, see, that was that was... There that some, was like
0: the perfect lighthearted moment too like there, we needed that
1: there was some. There are some relationships that I feel that I wish the show would that they would have had an opportunity to explore more I like the Dr. Carson, Father Gabriel dynamic I would have liked to have seen more of that big part of the reason why so people were so angry about Carl dying was that he has a very big relationship with Megan in the comic book and you kind of got senses of that in terms of like Megan's fondness for him and all of that It would. I would have loved to have seen more of that I, I guess the same kind of fondness you would have for like a rambunctious troublemaking child i don't know it's like he told carl when he was on like the you know the gate and he realizes that he you know basically pulled the wool over his eyes and he says you know i thought we were having a moment you little shit mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. something like that you know
0: yeah like horsing around basically that kind of relationship
1: which i thought was hilarious too by the way that
0: was right awesome. <laughs> but then we're also yeah but then you're also missing out on these moments like where you could have a mentor you know student padawan yes. but then yeah. also then the, then the the, what the master becomes the student becomes the master kind of moment maybe right. but and and here's the thing do you think that the lack of interaction might make the reason why negan stops not convincing enough or do you think maybe they're going to employ like let's say Simon going off the reservation as being the main point like maybe Carl's thing is not incidental but like a contributing factor in a tiny tiny way mm-hmm. or do do you think they're really going to latch on to Carl being a heavy part of the reason? But it's the whole thing. Like if they do latch into Carl being the, the reason why Negan lays down his guns or his bat, then was the interaction, maybe the lack of interaction, maybe not convincing enough for that to be the reason. Yeah, that's that's, that's a trouble, ha- troubling thing.
1: That's where I have a problem. If you really latch on to this whole, like, Carl's death is the impetus to basically bring this this war to an end, then I would have wanted to see more of this relationship in order for that really to kind of come through of like, yes, this death mattered significantly to both right. of these men, to his father and to this man who really took a shine to him. Like, you know what it is? I would have wanted to see the kind of shane rick sort of situation i would wanted to see that because shane was trying to take carl under his wing at that time right because he felt like rick hey you're not a good enough dad you can't teach this kid how to take care of himself but i can how different is it from this not all that
2: different
0: (laughs) i mean shane shane is like the Morgan or was going to be the Morgan like mm-hmm. where you know Morgan to Henry Mor- Oh, he knows how to kill he knows how to handle himself yeah. he's he's equipped for this world now mm-hmm. and it's, it's like the same thing with Carl and and Megan maybe you mm-hmm. know it's oh yeah, yeah he's got the stuff I'm gonna keep teaching him how to do this yep. stuff and yep. be I'm gonna part of this world my
1: best, one of my best men
0: right exactly mm-hmm. and yeah well you didn't get the opportunity now and you probably you probably would never have right so
1: right but he, he that's what he would have wanted and but I think that Carl saw something in him though Even when he was at the gate and was like Is this what you really wanted? Is this what you wanted? And I, I feel like he He saw more than just the, the facade essentially You know Negan did take him under his wing at the sanctuary Showed him around Took him here, took him there, brought him home He never laid a finger on him in a rough way Whatsoever, not even right. scare him not, Nothing, not once Hung out on the porch in a rocking chair Holding his sister
0: <laughs> Yeah and yeah. you know what else it's kind of telling mm-hmm. because Daryl was captured and he didn't get any of that and no. um, Eugene got toured around the sanctuary and he got the message right away but mm-hmm. and he went the other way let's say right. and then Carl is right in the middle Like, and it's it, the reason why I say it's telling is that it really does say a lot about our generation and how even if you don't agree with somebody just hear them out mm-hmm. You know, hear their opinions Have let them have their say don't wait to just kind of talk and demolish your debating opponent I think we, we all all kind of just buy in to try to get our own opinion out to what we think the world should be like but maybe we should try listening a little bit more get a little bigger picture of what the world really is like at that point we can maybe start to find some sort of middle ground where we all agree on something maybe we agree to disagree maybe at least we have a rolling dialogue and I think that in this weird subtle completely non-political way the world is kind of teaching us that look if you keep going down this path you're gonna reach a situation where oh he they made me do it. you know mm-hmm. it's on them
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and and you're gonna keep falling back on these habits where it's us versus them you know and then it's gonna be them yeah and carl didn't have a choice in the matter not really you know he what did he have a choice did was he gonna sacrifice himself to get to get negan no but you know as long as he was as he was captured he was being toured around the sanctuary and being held captive in his own home while Negan was around, it gave him the opportunity to kind of keep his eyes wide open and take in Negan yeah. and who he is. And at that point, that's when he starts seeing the change. Mm-hmm. Like his change in attitude towards Negan. Of course he, he wants it to be over. Of course Negan's wrong mm-hmm. about how this should be. But at least he's operating on more information. Right. You know, and I think that's beautiful.
2: Yeah,
1: I think so. It's quite
0: poetic. Especially with the trajectory that the show may still go on based on the comics in a way and if that does happen it really might actually show us a way in life (laughs) Squawking Dead we teach you life lessons lessons. that things might actually work out I hope so yeah me too that's my hope and with that (laughs) we're gonna call it a night it's perfect Hope for the future, Squawking Dead. And uh, I hope you tune in next week for next week's episode. We can tell already that it's going to be a high-paced, high-action, high-NOS-filled, and there's EDM, music in the background kind of episode, maybe. And we hope uh, you tune in for the aftermath, where we're probably still shaking after several days and where you have to talk about it. So until then, take care, everybody.
2: And
1: we'll see you next time.